Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I love how you still have to hit record on something, but it's just using a mouse and, and things that aren't real. So we've made a representation of something that's real and put it on a screen, but we still touch it the same way, just not with our fingers. Hey, and welcome to Going Off Track. I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm Jonah. I'm angry. The angry technology guy is Steven. <laughs> and I'm Chris. And you're Chris, who's probably angry about something else. What do you, what do you- I wouldn't say that I'm angry. I'm just can't be bothered and you can get a good dramatic rise out of me in a very small peaked moment of time yeah but i'm not like like i just usually I just love hanging out with you you always have something i do to too say. i do too by the way no, i love hanging I love out with it. you guys so. i love having you we're, all, just, we're actually all here. hugging here guys yes. um, out there listening hugging. <laughs> um so, giving each other wet willies so um what are you working on these days me Chris? yeah uh let's talk nope. about you okay let's talk about me i am I feel like I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm in the process of – I just wrote a small book. What does that mean? Novella? <sighs> Isn't that like a terrible word though? It's a terrible word. It's an awful word. But yeah, yeah it's a small little It's full thing. of vignettes. I, it is actually. But Short they stories? All, no, it's not. It is, Autobio? but it's not. Yeah, right. Biographical? Who the fuck cares? Any, any um, punctuation? Uh, I'm bad at punctuation, grammar, syntax. Um uh, I've been doing that um, because I'm looking to not be an artist anymore and change my major Ooh. at 40. <laughs> hey, man. It's not a small club. Um, and I've been doing that. Um, and that's really it. There's not been a lot of art recently, partially because everybody's on vacation. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's the end you of the year. You need the patrons, man. Yeah. Um, you are the Da Vinci. My, my, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking stretch. Trace the birds <laughs> flying. Release them. The Da Vinci of punk just actually means you're a trash can. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it just means that somebody just kicked over a trash can, took a picture. Um, so it's urban. I'm, <laughs> That's dirt. I'm not doing much art. I've been writing. That's basically what I've been doing. That's because art. I'm yeah, especially the way I do it. Um, you do it freehand with I a do, quill. I do it so that no one understands anything about it, and then when they read it, they'd be like, "I could do that." Um, this guy's ahead of his time. Yeah, right. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> "Head of your time" just means you finished. Early. I'm like, I'm like Alan Robe Grier over here. Um, there's your reference for the for the day. There's your reference for this intro. Alan Robe, what? Um, so uh, yeah, that's all I've been doing: um, writing and not doing a whole lot of art. Interesting because- enough, Jonah is now painting. 
He's yeah, not writing that's great. anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been drawing. I'll show you my drawings after this. Yeah, I've good. been drawing mostly Civil War characters, good. such as Robert E. Lee and oh, Abraham Lincoln. One that's of those funny because I've been cool. painting Civil War reenactors. Yeah. That's my new thing. Nice. And I've actually been um, ass grabbing reenactors <laughs> in person just for fun Beautiful. when I see him. I'm like, this felt pant feels good i saw dude i saw i saw a revolutionary reenactor recently yeah just on the l train probably uh no and and, and beautiful beautiful cape Maine, going New out Jersey. to bushwick yeah just hanging out <laughs> yeah we call we call them someone who lives in williamsburg that, that, hey. that's the new hipster is just dressing like a civil war re-enactor. you guys are making fun of my mixologist and it's not cool oh no i don't know i don't have a mixologist <laughs> his girlfriend's into burlesque he's into civil war reenacting and they all go to fucking arcade fire shows um <laughs> So you know who's not like that? Who? Dan Andriano. Oh, what a segue! Look at that shit. What today, a segue! That's right. Tri- he's he's, he's not in the like emergency the, room. He's in. The, <laughs> I heard. He is. His yeah. new project is Dan Andriano in the emergency room. He's done two records. I did my fucking homework. Two records for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. A couple records. I saw. I saw them play with Jeff Rosenstock and. Um, Pet Symmetry, which is Evan Weiss, and a good oh, name, yeah, good band name, actually. And you know who came up with it? Who? Chris Farren. That is Holy a Chris Farren. That's yeah. a Chris Farren thing. I name Chris Farren's records for him, and he comes up with band names yep. for other people. Nice. I like that. And uh, Dan's also in some band called Aqualine Trio. Yes, they've done a few. You may have heard of who? Um, what? Who are they? He also is in the Falcon with Brendan from Lawrence Arms, and they have a and new Dave record, Haas, right? And Dave Haas, yeah, and I think they just finished Arby's a record. Guy? What's that? The Arby's guy? Yes. Nihilist Arby's. Nihilist Arby's. Um, but yeah, so I think I think there's a new Falcon record that they just finished that's going to probably be awesome. Did Dave produce it? Haas? I don't know, man. I don't know. I know he's involved with it. I know he played on it, yeah. but I'm not sure exactly what his role is. Right on. i got to get those dudes back in But uh, Dan lives in Florida now. Oh, shit. Does he really? Yeah, and we talk he's about like, that a lot. fuck, this Chicago, it's cold. <laughs> Where in Florida does he live? He lives in... Um, What's the name of the town? It's supposed to be amazing, and I almost went there. Naples. Needles. No, no not St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Okay, so he lives in America's oldest city. Yes. If you go to Florida, St. Augustine is a neat, weird little spot. I, is it Ripley's Believe It or Not? There's a stupid ghost tour. I was just in Florida. It's a nice, actually, and I was, place. I was it's in like um, Jacksonville. Hollywood has that. Yeah, but it's different when it's in Florida on the coast. Uh, I sure promise. Is. I was in Jacksonville, <laughs> and I had to go Pirates. to... To Dade City, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I had a choice of either going to Gainesville or St. Augustine. And you picked Gainesville. And I picked Gainesville. I saw your pictures. And then when I got to Dade City, everyone was like, why the fuck did you go to Gainesville? Why the <laughs> fuck would you ever go to Gainesville? <laughs> um, to go to Arrow's Aim? I did go to Arrow's Aim. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding, guys. Um, Are you from there? Uh, no. no. No, no, no. Tampa. And then we tried to go there. Oh, yeah. Tried Even to worse. Sponges and strippers. Yeah. I'd rather take that than... Idiots in cargo pants and beards and hot water music. And then <laughs> we tried to go to the top, and it was like an hour and a half wait. And then we ended up whatever. going to Burrito Brothers, Boca Fiesta, Boca Fiesta. Just isn't that is that Warren's place? It's Warren's place. He yeah, was there, Warren but from against, I didn't. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, that's were, me. yeah, he was there. Is it delightful? Yeah, it was, was good. Good. It was good. It's good uh, you know Mexican food. I always liked Warren. Yeah, yeah Warren's a nice guy. I used to Warren's a, uh, a guy who I you know what I mean. It's like one of those things where I do the, the thing I always do where I make fun of somebody, then I meet him and go, oh, I, I like you. Um, Warren was like a dirty little punk, you know, mm-hmm. in Sarasota, Florida. And I'd be like, this shoeless, bearded, new college, hippie, ugh, playing on buckets. And then eventually it was like, oh, I like this kid. Yeah. We had, I did a 
a week with against me just sitting in their in their tour bus or whatever around the time of new wave actually and i was like oh this warren kid warren I like him. I like him too. I but I didn't say anything to him because I don't want to be like, we hung out at South by Southwest yeah. drunk like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, in a, do you remember that? <laughs> so I just quietly ate my burrito. And he he would look at you past his like Tolstoyish like Russian glasses. And, yeah, thinking. I, I think thinking. I remember you. Yeah, yeah. They Good have drummer. um, they have like crocodile meat there. What? Yeah. Oh, I guess it's Florida. I've seen that before. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. It's or fried. alligator meat. Yeah. Alligator. alligator, alligator. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, they import yeah. the crocodile meat from Australia. Excuse me. <laughs> it's very niche. Alligator. There's a place in Tampa like that too. Soon they're going to be selling python meat in Florida because they're killing everything. Well, it depends on. I mean, if you're in the middle of Florida, Stewart, Florida, I'm sure you'll find python meat <laughs> already. Oh, or if you got Dan Adriano there, maybe they'll falcon meat. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. There it is. Uh, let's kick off this episode with, with Dan, who, I'm sorry about that joke. It's going on this, the, the security there is really intense. Yeah. Because especially probably even tonight, because they'll do like a later show, like a dance party thing after shows let out right. so it's like i think it's well that's always good the disco loadout yeah yes you'll definitely have a disco loadout <laughs> i hate that so yeah. much it's, it's yeah, yeah it's not fun it's such a standard now it's I mean, it been, been like in germany and england and stuff like <clears throat> it always happens but it's been happening more and more like over here and i don't and then the club they like they're so nice to you and then all of a sudden they just stop caring <laughs> yeah because yeah. they're like we're actually gonna make way more yeah, money a hundred percent until <laughs> yeah. four in the morning than yeah. we did on your show like, yeah we don't care how many us opening our bar five minutes earlier like yeah. it's gonna make us so much more money than you <laughs> yeah, yeah you're like a charity case yeah. compared to what's about to happen basically in here. <laughs> that's the way it goes they're 15 drinks yeah Ugh. dan how do you pronounce your last name just i'm not really sure okay Andriano. Andriano. That's okay. what I've been That's saying. what I thought. I just want to ma- wanted to try not to fuck it up. All right. Ready to do this? We've been doing it, dude. All right. We're doing it. We've We're already got it. content. We're doing it. Under our belts. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dan Andriano. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Um, you're in Alkaline Trio. I am. And you are here doing a show with your newer band. Yes. Called... The emergency room. Yes, Dan Andriano in the emergency room. Is it because it's I'm all, gonna phase it out eventually? It, it, all of it. Yeah. Well, it's no always name. weird because it's like it's like <laughs> you want people to know you're in the band, but it's like you did you not want to call it like the Dan Andriano band or something? Or no, just, I didn't want people to know I was in the band, but everybody I talked to about it said I was being an idiot, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really have a good reason to not have my name in the band. Uh, yeah. You know, I kind of liked the band name, the emergency room. You know. It's hard to think of band names. And yes. I was like, oh, that'll work. That's not totally stupid. It's a little weird. Lends itself to obvious jokes or whatever. <laughs> um, especially when you put my name in front of it the way I ended up doing. Uh, but yeah, like my agent and I called my friend Mike Park who puts out my records. And I was like, what do you think? Do I? And he's like, well, do you want people to hear it? Like, you know, because automatically there's going to be at least a few people that will check it out totally so i was like all right fine yeah that's but how now I'm... that i've got jeff and the fellas it's like i'm really trying to like phase my name out of it like yeah. the artwork for the new record i did the layout and i purposely like ghosted my name and maybe on the next thing i'll like camouflage it i don't know i can't th- i'm trying to think of 
different ways. I mean, it's not a bad thing, though, that people see your name and that makes them want to buy a record. That's pretty cool, actually. It's not a bad thing at all. I just, I don't, the name just doesn't flow. You know what I mean? It's not like an easily said name. Yeah. It constantly gets, you know, letters just go missing. Right. And pronounced weird and everything. So I was just trying to make it easy, but I really don't care. Yeah. Really. Like most everything, once I get all worked up and then once I think about it, could be anything. I really don't care. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> That's understandable. I feel that way a lot. What about you, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had some questions. I I think we don't really know each other super well, but I remember, I think we were on Warped Tour together maybe a really long time ago. I think maybe in like yeah. the early 2000s. When I, I, think- I used to work at Alternative Press. 2002, 2004. Think, yeah, maybe 2002. That might have been the first one. Okay. So we probably did a bunch of like. I think we did signings. Yeah, and hey, stuff. we're here to sign <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. I'm sure. <laughs> it's like you, 100 I'm sure, degrees. I'm sure you wish you were doing that right now. I really do. It's like so nice and cool in here. I, I just want to be in a hot parking lot in Atlanta <laughs> shaking sweaty hands. It's a bum out. For an hour. I love it. <laughs> um, I sound like such a dick. No, it's fine. I'm, <laughs> I, uh, and I, I remember I did an interview with you guys for AP, and you guys were talking a lot about how into absence you were at the time. Well, I wasn't. You weren't. Was that mostly Matt? Because I remember uh, Matt that. Matt and Derek, really, okay. especially. Like, Derek, yeah. He never really drank or did anything, and then one day he was just, I'm going to get really into absinthe. <laughs> And he loved it. He had all these crazy contraptions, these beautiful, like, glass things with, you know, multiple little spigots. And he, yeah, he was all about it. He would, like, sneak it back from European tours. And then he met this woman who, I don't even know what she's up to, because she was pretty old. But there was this woman in Arizona, and she was like like a bootleg importer of really good like swiss and french absinthe and the swiss stuff i guess is like where it's at and it was weird color like it wasn't this like bright green stuff you see um it was and it was that was actually really good but i never like drank a ton of it and i never drank enough to you know you know get all van gogh or anything like i just i was like it tastes like licorice yeah. Well, was he into it kind of as as a refined <clears throat> sort of liqueur, or was he into it to get fucked up? I think he was into it because it, it was, you know, different, weird, and he, I think he really loved the taste of it, like that anise, right. anise flavor. Like, he's into that. I'm not super into that. Because, um, I mean, when you talk about that he had all this sort of paraphernalia, yeah, it makes him think that, like... He was really into it. And, like, from, like, a collector's standpoint, right. yeah, like, collecting some of these, you know, the spoons and the finding weird stuff and giving him something to do on tour. But he wasn't, like, a party guy anyway. Like, even when Derek would drink or whatever, he was... It's not like we were going out raging in the clubs or no. anything, you know. He would drink on... Set his absent thing up in the back lounge of the bus. And, like, <laughs> here we are. Right. It's like how somebody gets into like a fine cognac, perhaps. Right. And has to have the right glass. Right. Yeah. That uh the only time I ever had it was on my birthday in Chicago at that bar. Um I think Brendan used to work at it's two letters, like something and L and L. The L and L. And they had absence there and they did the whole thing where they put it on really? like, the the butter knife and poured it over a sugar cube. Yeah. 
And then I was like, yeah, this tastes like Jägermeister, sort of. Yeah. Leave it up to the L&L to pour it over a butter knife. <laughs> yeah, it was oh nice. It was classy. <laughs> Super classy. Um, and then I remember... That's how they do it. I also did an interview, and I'm not sure if this is... I'm just going to throw stuff out. Yeah. People in your band are into, not necessarily you. Okay. Um, but meditation, I know, like, there was... I read some yeah, stuff Matt, about that. Yeah, Matt, that's transcendental meditation. Yeah. Um, he, My friend Rob is really, it does that stuff, too. I think he directed okay. maybe a video for you guys or Susie? something. Susie? Yes. Oh, you know Rob. I do know Rob Susie. He's a nut. Awesome I love dude. Him. Yeah, yeah I love he's him great. Too. Um, I wonder what he's up to. I think he's uh, well. He just directed a band. He directed he directed videos. But he, his brother's in that band Turnover. Okay, Italia does stuff with two, and he directed a video for them recently. Oh, nice. And he, him, and my friend Nick did a bunch of videos for Azalea Banks. Okay, so they've been getting some really cool. That's great. Yeah. He's really talented. Yes, he's awesome. He's helping Matt. Uh, well, I don't know how much I should. I know, I know, say, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, we've been trying to, I've been trying to write something about it. But yeah, they're working on some cool stuff together. Yeah, they really are. It's, but I mean, I wonder what he's up to. Is he in town? I should yeah. give him a shout yeah. or something later. You should. Right. Yeah, we should get him to hang out tonight. Are you coming to the show? I think so. Can I come? Okay. Are you coming? You're coming cool? to the show, and you probably need a guest list spot, or are you already hooked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can talk. <die. laughs> yeah. No problem. See, this is this is good for the podcast. I'm sure. This is guys. This is how this the music is, business this is works. Real life. Like, <laughs> it's so yo, stressful and intense. Do you want to be on the guest list? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Till you come in, I think okay. so. Uh, yeah. So I mean, so you've been. So have you, have you ever been interested in meditation yourself, or is it? Um, not really. I uh, try sometimes just to like get uh just to relax. Yeah. And like breathe, whatever. Whether or not that's just like listening to music or just like going somewhere quiet, like reading a book or something like. Um, but yeah, Matt got really into that transcendental meditation, which is a hard thing to get into, unfortunately, because a lot of people swear it's like like a really amazing tool. But unfortunately, it's also very expensive. Yeah, I've done the... I've not done... to maintain, but right. just to... So- learn yeah there's like three classes and most of them are pretty expensive but matt was able to be taught by this woman nancy cook de herrera who was really old when she taught matt and then you know i guess you go like three times and you basically they give you a mantra they do this whole ceremony yeah they do it here there's a bunch of places but david lynch has a center here and it's his it's his called like the david lynch foundation i think right yeah he's a huge proponent of it yeah and but it's his like it's all you gotta pay right uh I guess. yeah but they do a lot of they do a lot of like scholarships and they do a lot of like sliding scale stuff and they work with a lot of i think they think i think you do but i think they also i don't know exactly how because i know there he's a i think he's a big proponent of trying to get schools involved in doing yeah, it exactly and i'm sure he's not like charging for no no no, that no. Kind of stuff I, I don't think i don't think i think they try to teach people also like they try to do community stuff so i think maybe right. if you just do it and you pay they subsidize they use that money to subsidize teaching right. other people and i'm not i'm not saying like oh you gotta pay for right, it like right. i think it's like some slanted church or something but it's like because once you know how to do it you're done like you right. pay to learn and then you're done it's not like you keep putting into anything right um and it sounds and i'm a huge like howard stern fan and he talks about it uh quite a bit really i didn't know that yeah he's been doing it for like decades wow yeah he'll, he'll get into it with certain people like he had uh donovan on the show 
you know, Mellow Yellow Donovan. Yeah, yeah of And course. he's a huge Donovan fan, and Donovan's a big advocate of transcendental meditation. And they, it was a really interesting interview because they went back and forth about it for a while. Interesting. Yeah, Howard loves it. And uh, are you a big Howard Stern fan? I'm a super fan. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of um, that comedian here, Ari Shafir. Okay. And I guess Howard Stern went off on him because he, like, has a podcast, and Howard is like, podcasts are stupid. Anyone yeah, he's this guy? old. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. yeah, he's just got this, like, old man's view, like, because, yeah, a couple of the staffers on the show wanted, like, are, we're talking about, like, starting a podcast. He's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know but yeah he's just a little out of touch yeah in that regard but he's just so funny and he's he's a good interviewer yeah yeah like i i didn't really become a fan until he went to sirius and um because my wife is a huge fan and so when he went to sirius i got her like a subscription um and then i started listening and i was like wow this guy's great and then when he had all that time to really get into interviews without having to take breaks and stuff or whatever like that became, it seems like that became way more of a focus on the show than just being stupid or crass or right. whatever. You know what I mean? So now there's, there's seems to me like there's way less of what kind of made him famous. And now there's more of what he really wants to do at this point in his life, which I think is pretty rad, you know? He's yeah. probably going to retire soon. So he's trying to do everything. Like he had Madonna in there a couple months ago. No, really? That was like the first time he'd ever spoken <clears throat> to her. And, um, they moved some things around. They did it like an afternoon interview as opposed to the morning so she could do it. And it was, it was really, really awesome. Did she, was she a Howard Stern fan? Um, I, yeah, I think could she, she liked him. She warmed, they warmed up to each other. But okay. at first it was sort of, there was sort of this tension that I could sort of feel. And then. He just, you know, he just keeps talking, keeps asking questions, and she eventually, like, warmed up, and they talked for a while. It was great. That's awesome. I met him once. I went, when Private Parts came out, I went to a book signing. Oh, man. And I was, like, 15 or something. And, yeah, I met him. He signed my book. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah he's he's pretty funny. I think he's a weirdo, but I really, I really like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry that he's not an advocate of the podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he never will be. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to, you know, he doesn't need to prove of everything I do. <laughs> I uh, like, uh, like a couple years ago, someone, one of the staffers was talking about how he needs to get better musical acts, like more relevant musical acts in there. And he was like, like who? Like who? And one of the guys was like, well, what about like the Black Keys? They're like huge. And he's like, who the hell are the Black Keys? All this. And then he had like his 60th birthday show recently and they had all these bands come and they did it at some big venue and the blackies play oh really <laughs> yeah it's like so maybe Wasn't he'll, just joe walsh <laughs> maybe he'll come around on podcasts eventually but it was yeah it's pretty funny yeah that yeah. is pretty funny um so what's it what's this sort of tour like for you i mean i saw you guys were here not that long ago during those um album shows yeah we did that anthology thing yeah i was at a couple of those I, oh because um and i went to go see jenny own young's okay who, she's, she's great. great yeah so i went that night and i think i went another night too yeah she's the best yes super fun i know she's never she's always on the road though she's, yeah she's never here um but so what's it like sort of to be back and to sort of go from being in New York playing those shows to like to doing this thing obviously like it's a little bit of a different vibe it's a totally different vibe yeah and uh this is tonight's gonna be the fourth show and I'm 
super excited, still a little nervous, still kind of feeling things out. But the Jeff and Dan and Kevin, who I'm playing with, and soon Mike Huguenor from Hard Girls will be joining the tour in a couple days. And he's going to be playing as well. And everyone's just so great and positive and like just excited about just playing music. Like all the stuff that I've become not consumed with or whatever, but all the distractions that have come along with being able to do this for a living for like 15 years, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on and you forget about, oh, wait, I'm just here to write and sing songs. That's it. You know, anything else that comes, it's like I feel so lucky and so fortunate for everything that's happened to Alkaline Trio. But like recording this record with Jeff was awesome. Like Mike Park put me in touch with him and these great musicians and it was just quick and relatively just live and, you know, organic. And we just wanted to we just wanted to play the songs together, change them around a little bit, make them better and then record them and not overthink anything. And that's. That's how I'm trying to look at this tour, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how much of, like, being in a band, what a small part of it is playing music. Yeah. Especially, but that's everything. Yeah. And that's why, like, at this point, my favorite thing is being in a, in a studio, like, in a setting like this. Like, I love gear, and I love sounds, and I'll, I'll spend hours, like, trick, you know, swapping out amps and microphones and different guitars, and it's like, what if, you know... What if I put this, you know, it's finding that combination and it makes, it makes Matt and Alkaline Trio kind of crazy. Like he, we're sort of opposites in that regard. Like he, he just wants to play the song and, and sing it and have it, you know, and I get that too. Right. There's a certain energy that he has when he's doing that, that I can't emulate. I can't write songs as fast as him. I can't just come up with stuff like he does, but I really like, like sounds and production and stuff. So for me, that's super fun, and it's it is. I'm trying to get it back to just being about the songs. Yeah. So. What? Yeah, it's easy to get lost in the in yeah. the process. Yes. I got lost in the process and tried to be a producer. You know. Yeah. And like, it's it's fun to play with gear it's and great. to like kind of like get caught up with the latest gear and what this does and what that does. Yeah. And I'm always envious of. People like Matt who like just say fuck it, man. Just plug in my guitar, roll yeah. tape. Let's do it. Like, yeah, he's got a because you can lose your you can lose sight of the the idea pretty quickly when you start like worrying about that. But it's fun. That is a problem though. <laughs> yeah, for me that's that's become an issue because like I'll especially when I'm like demoing something at home and I start if I start like deciding okay I've I've pretty much got the song maybe done. Then I start messing with like all my fake drums or whatever, yeah. like in this program called Reason, and I start start trying to lay down the basic tracks for for a demo, and I end up getting so caught up in like how this sounds that I forget it's just supposed to be a demo. Yeah, like, just find a loop, play over it, and move on. Because then, yeah, when I come back to actually trying to like f maybe I hadn't finished the lyrics completely or something, and I come back to that, I'm like in a totally different place, and there's nothing there. So it's like, well fuck what what now i'm an idiot you know what i mean like add it's the worst no i mean i i used to have a, my own studio it was pretty similar to this like a songwriting studio and uh i finally at one point because i would totally do this i would get an idea for a demo and have to make it into a finished song immediately right 
like before you finish the bridge, I'm like trying to figure out what the right snare sound is, you know? Yeah. So I finally like, I just pulled out this old drum machine that I had for years, a mixer, an old mixer, plugged the drum machine into the mixer, had like a little handheld tape recorder or, or digital recorder right. and just would leave those things always right there, ready to go. So that I could just like flip a switch. I don't have to f- even start up the computer, you know, just flip a switch, pull up a, f- a lame, easy drum beat and yeah. just have something to play over. Like basically a click track because otherwise right. you lose that. You lose the, uh, yeah, I get caught you on. lose the idea, man. <laughs> and there's so many fun little toys like within, within the computer. It's yeah, like yeah. you can try this. Ooh, I'm a, a big delay. Reason fan yeah. too. I love Reason. <laughs> I like it too. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I feel way different than you guys. I feel like I can just never get anything to work so I just try to keep things as simple as <laughs> possible because everything always goes wrong. It'll take me four times as long to do everything Dude, than it will one of you guys. Whenever anybody like you goes, maybe I should learn this. Maybe I should learn Pro Tools or yeah. how to use Reason. I tell them, no, don't do it. There's plenty of people like me that'll be happy to fucking... It took don't me like, get caught up. It in took it, me man. half hour to figure out how to like email a photo to someone yesterday. <laughs> like I was like, fine. this is insane. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> you can pick up a. You can you can take a photo. You can yeah. pick up a piece of paper and draw a drawing. I have a, I have a pedal board. <laughs> I have like seven pedals. I know where they all go. That's yeah, it. That's dude, all I need. It's good. Just don't in worry about out. the other stuff. Yeah. In yeah. out. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Don't worry about the tech. Yeah. Man. I bought an iPad. <clears throat> With the intention of having it be like a helpful tool to record stuff on the road, get right. ideas down, and it's it's horrible. <laughs> like I bought that, and then I bought this like interface that you know within, and then headphone out and whatever. But nothing works together with that. Like I have no problem with my computer and my stuff at home, and right. But with that iPad and that's this dopey interface it's like it, there's all these workarounds you have to do and you have to have this special this app that like bridges them and it's a whole thing and i'm just like why why is this so complicated it's supposed to be like yeah the future but it's not <laughs> and then derek he's just like oh well you got to do this 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 right. it's like that seems like nine steps to do like one thing he's like well but you're recording in the back of the bus i'm like for <laughs> For who? <laughs> you know? For me. I don't, you know, so I'll, eventually I'll just like open my phone. What I've been doing lately is I'll just set up my phone and like take a video so I don't even forget like how I'm playing the oh, guitar Oh, that's part. so smart. That's a good idea. So I can be like, oh, I did that. I've that's totally weird. forgotten how I fingered like yeah. riffs and stuff before. Especially when you put like effects and stuff on it. You're like, this sounds so cool. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what settings I was. It, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. That's a smart thing. Yep. The video. Document everything. I never want anyone to see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just read that thing that you did with Dan Ozzy, the Rank Your Records thing. Yeah, um, which I thought was really interesting. Was is it weird doing that kind of stuff? I've actually written a bunch of those for Noisy too. Yeah, and I mean, I've probably changed my mind since we did a month ago. Like, who knows? But it was funny because when Alkaline Trio was in town in October or whenever that was, we did a we did an interview with Dan and we ended up sort of talking about that whole thing, like all the records and where they fall and everything. So when I did that, I was like, didn't we just do this? Right. What's happening? And I was like, I can't remember. You know what? I'm just going to change some shit just because, but it's, it's a really hard thing to do because obviously it's like, I, I like them all. I like some better than others, but you know, I find myself just doing things to like mess with the fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys really hated this one. That means I must love it. You know? 
but that's a hard thing to do eight records yeah it's strange how certain people like and so much of it i feel like is people's like context of when they just were introduced to the band it almost doesn't even matter the music it's just like oh i was 16 and this was there and like now i was associated with that so it's my favorite yeah and that's a cool thing too yeah and you're you're never going to be able to change someone's mind about that but i i do feel like if if someone has an understanding of like where the band was at that time and what they were trying to accomplish like maybe they would be a little more understanding to the the changes yeah you know, because what's what's the point in trying to make the same record over and over? Like, I've never understood that. And so we've, I mean, it's not like we've tried to get all, you know, Pink Floyd on stuff, but we've tried to take some steps to explore some weird avenues and do some different stuff. And like the record Agony and Irony that I think in the fall I said was my favorite. And then this thing, I think I said it was my second favorite. Um we did some weird stuff like Derek got in touch with this black metal band from Norway called Ulver to do like some orchestrations under some songs. And we had, you know, all kinds of, it's like this weird industrial song, noises, clocks ticking. And and I was just super, super fun for us. But when the record came out, it was like, I don't know if it was because it was on a major label or what, but people were, I mean, they weren't that stoked. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. I think it's just full of hits. I just interviewed Fat Mike, and he was like, he was like, best no effects record is Wolves and Wolves Closing. He's like, most underrated no effects record. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I, yeah, I can't imagine anyone else. I've never heard anyone really talk about that record. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's the people who write the songs have a different, right? you know, because I think, well, hopefully we all feel like we're getting better at this. And not worse, you know, so, but, you know, then certain things happen, like one of our latest records is, I I think I said it was one of my least favorites, and that's just, you know, not really for many reasons, just the way things went down, where we were as, as a band, where we were as, like, friends at the time, like, so certain things like that, like, affect everything. Right, and there's so much business stuff, like, yeah, and, yeah. Ah, uh, the business. The business. Um, I mean, something else that came up a lot sort of was talking about sort of being maybe like f- fucked up when you were making these records or like drinking a lot. I mean, have you has that kind of like mellowed out for you? Do you feel like you party less now or as Absolutely. you get older? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was that just the way your body was reacting or was it more like a conscious thing or? It's probably a little bit of both. Um but I've I've always been, I think, somewhere subconsciously, I've always been scared of like uh, my addictive personality, which is which is good, right? I'm, you know, I'm self aware. Like when I was younger, and I would do a lot of bad things, I knew they were bad, and I knew I was getting out of control with certain things and whatever, and I was able to sort of just like peel that back. And but then I still, you know had issues with you know drinking and i I say issues like i've i've been in and out of the program or something but i mean i know i drink way too much is is what i'm saying right and i'm trying to you know and by default like on this tour i'm driving myself so i'm not drinking hardly you know nearly as much as i would if i was on say a bus tour or something right and you know i i recently quit smoking 
I quit smoking cigarettes a long time ago, but I recently quit smoking the, the grass. And that's been just because it was like time. I was smoking habitually, not because I enjoyed it anymore, just because I was like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I've done since I was in high school, you know? And it, it was a coin toss of whether or not that was going to make me like have fun and feel good or be like like a mental misfit and want to just go sit in a corner and hate myself, you know? Right. And, but a few hours later, I would try it again. Right. And be like, oh, this sucks. Why'd I do this again? It's just like, what's, what's wrong? With, you know? But that's that addiction. It's that like habitual way of living or whatever. Especially when I'm just sitting on a bus or whatever, or like backstage at a club, or if, if I'm at a venue that's like near a nice park, it's like, whatever, I can go take a walk and do this. But it's like never really having that much to do. But now I feel like I have tons to do. First, I mean, first of all, just like being a, a dad and a husband, like when I'm home, it's there's nothing but like responsibilities, really. But then even on tour, it's like when if I'm on tour with Alkaline Trio, like I was in the spring, I was working on stuff for, for this record, you know, and it's just, and now I'm I'm on tour for this record and I'm just trying to stay as busy as possible and I'm way more, way happier just trying to be organized and trying to like take take charge of my life you do, know do you feel like not smoking pot has helped you be more productive absolutely yeah yeah it just cuts down on on my distractions and i think there's a lot to that uh i heard um josh from queens of the stone age talking about that song first it giveth and that apparently that song which i never really put together until heard him talking about it but that song is about drugs and how you know for a while you can be like a songwriter or an artist and you can use these things to to you know for lack of a better cliche like open your mind and and get creative and explore things you maybe didn't know were in you but eventually they're they're a hindrance you know they dull your senses they dull you know your productivity and i totally agree with that you know and and you know it depends on the drugs obviously but a lot of things they make you they make you think you're really writing awesome songs when they're terrible right you know? <laughs> or or they make you just not really give a shit and that's bad too it's you know you're either numb or you're like manic and just way too excited about you know the worst idea so that all made sense to me and so i've just like i'm I'm not saying any anyone should quit doing anything or whatever, but for me, it's it's working out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I've I'm not saying I haven't. I didn't smoke at all for like months and months and months, and then since then, here and there, a handful of times. But it's scary. Well, it's just getting out of the habitual thing. Yeah, the fact that you're aware of it, you can you. Yeah, you be you know it's okay. It's okay to get high now and then. Yeah, yeah. And as I long as you're aware. Yeah, that I know you're not, I'm never going to go back to that. Like every day. Yeah, like habitual. It's just a waste of time. For me, it certainly was, and I yeah, I I definitely think it is. Man, I didn't realize how long it stays in your system too, because someone I was having the same conversation with someone recently, um, which is interesting. That's why I wanted to ask you about it. But yeah, they were like, yeah, it takes like two months for it to even like really like for your brain to kind of go back to yeah some kind of serotonin like there's a whole like right thing that you're not getting when you're getting it this way and is yeah it's really interesting i've been trying to 
cool to hear your perspective on it. And they make it way too strong. Yeah. It's like when I started smoking <clears throat> weed, it was like, it was nothing. Yeah. You yeah, have to smoke like the chronic joint no after good. joint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's another that's totally true. I don't I mean science and science and weed, just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. I brought this up before I don't I don't smoke weed, but I might if if it was like when I, like when I was a kid. And yeah. I recently read an article that talked about um it wasn't even talking about weed, it was talking about like produce, like tomatoes and things and how when you when you um genetically when you engineer them whether they're genetically or otherwise for certain traits like you know big red tomatoes you actually end up losing nutrients that are there in the that nature put in them and the thing about weed is that 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 in its natural state there's actually um there's compounds in it that that keep you from getting that actually keep you mellow right so that the, the chronic weed that you get now has actually bred out natural ingredients that actually kept you and it wasn't just that it wasn't as strong but it, it actually it I, I don't i don't remember exactly it would balance the, itself it would balance it would balance you out and keep you kind of mellow and not just because it wasn't as strong and that they've bred that out of the Terrible. plant yeah <laughs> stop messing with stuff stop messing with stuff guys it's probably monsanto <laughs> uh, i said it's crazy flashback do you remember um i grew up in cleveland i think a really long time ago you guys played this place speak in tongues I don't recall that. You don't recall that? But I, like, I believe you. I think you had a different drummer <laughs> and something got like vandalized at the venue or something. This That's was, all very possible. We <laughs> did was, have a different drummer. Okay. Speaking tongues in Cleveland like... It was like a squat. Yeah, I don't really know. Really shitty squat. Yeah, well, there were those. Yeah. I mean... I wonder. Because, I mean, one of the... F- some of my earliest memories in Cleveland were the old grog shop. Yep. Old, that, that was a while ago. And then there was a gig in... There was some stuff like in Dayton and Cincinnati, but as far as Cleveland, I don't, I don't remember. Okay. But I don't doubt it happened. I feel like maybe I've talked to Matt about it at one point. Yeah. Like something crazy happened. Yeah. I can't remember either. It was so long ago. Vandalized. I think there's some, something weird. Yeah. Who knows? Especially we- places like that. There's always something. Yeah. That was a place where it's like you'd miss a show and then someone would be like, these Nazis showed up, and then there was a fight, and some guy got like a chair broken over his head, and you're like, "I should have gone." I missed it. I can't. I always missed everything cool. <laughs> That's where the fear of missing out comes from. Yes, I guess so. From the squats. <laughs> and you, uh, you, you got you and Jeff made this record in California. Yeah, San right? Jose. Because yeah, because Jeff sometimes guest hosts this podcast, and I was like, "Yo, do you want to come in next week?" And he was like, "I'm in California making a record with Dan Andriano," and I was like, "Oh, that's." wild i pictured you just in greenpoint hanging out yeah uh what was that kind of process like was it fun it was super fun yeah yeah i didn't know jeff at all and then like last summer i was um my like i said earlier mike park put us in touch but i I called mike because i was basically i was starting to get like high anxiety about all these songs and not wanting to make another record by myself i wanted to do something with a band that was sort of always the intention of starting this thing but i i still five years later wasn't able to figure out who or where or how any of it was going to happen and i really started to like trip out a little bit and i called mike i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm bummed he's like calm down he's like come to california he's like i'll set you up with great musicians that will stay in the studio all day you'll have so much fun like two weeks when you leave you'll have a record and i was like all right who and he's like, you should listen to 
stuff Jeff Rosenstock does. He just produced this band by uh, this record by the Smith Street Band, and I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And I checked it out. I loved it. Such a good record. I called him back. I was I was like, Jeff made this. He's like, yeah, it's great, right? I was like, yeah, it's great. I was like, let's let's do it, you know. And then I was uh, I was a fan of Hard Girls, and um, so playing with like Mike and Jeff and then getting Kevin who plays with with Jeff also like it was it was just super easy once once the ball got rolling it was easy for us all to get there and and play and make it happen and then as far as working with Jeff I I thought it was great because he's he's kind of nuts yeah <laughs> like he's got all these ideas swimming around in his head like constantly I feel like and um and every once in a while, like he'll just be like, "Okay, what about this?" And it'll and at first it might be something that I'm like, "No, <laughs> this is this is wrong for this." And then we'll play through it a couple times, and I'll start to feel it, and I'll be like, "He'll be like, trust me, we're going to do this and this." I'll be like, "All right," and then, uh, sure enough, like later, I found myself more often than not being like, "This was a great idea," you know, "This sounds killer," "I love this," you know. And, um, but he, certain things that I was just like adamant about that he was like, I don't know where you're coming from with this. I'd be like, well, this is, this is what I do sometimes. And this is, you know, this is how this is going to be. And so we, we really had no problem sort of just being completely upfront with each other. And I, I think maybe that was because we really didn't know each other. Yeah. But it's like, I, I already knew that he was a good person and, I already knew that I respected him as like a studio guy and a musician. Like he's an insane musician. So, and I don't know if he, what he, I I really don't know what he thinks of Alkaline Trio or anything. And I didn't really care, but I was like, but these are the songs and this is, you know, I had that angle and we were just able to talk to each other. Like there was no, like sometimes in a studio, there can be like weird passive aggressive energy or like someone is afraid to like say something because you know musicians and artists or whatever we're all dopes and way too sensitive <laughs> it's like sometimes you can be scared to say something when really you should just be like ah, what if we try this and then if the idea is like no it's like okay i tried right you know so that's that's like a whole thing with me like if i have an idea i like to at least play through it before the idea gets changed and so we were able to do that with with like everything. If he had an idea, we would play through it. We would try it a couple times, and then we'd be like, "All right, yeah, let's keep it like that." And same with with any of my ideas. Like most of the demos, most of the songs ended up pretty close to the way the demos were. Cut cut a few repetitions here, whatever. But there were a couple songs that Jeff really, um, really like re re sculpted for me that I, I asked him to. I was like, I really like this melody and I really like these lyrics and I want this song on the record, but I hate it. I hate the way I'm playing it and I can't I can't get this jangly, stupid, folky strumming out of my head. So like take it. And so what I ended up doing with the songs like that was I just sent him the vocal, like a vocal only mix. And he was able to with like a click track and he was able to build a bunch of other stuff around it which is really cool and i was 
way into his ideas. That's fun. It's like doing a remix as a premix. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it was really cool. And it saved like the 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 two songs. One of them is the first song. It's called Pretty Teeth. That was just like a folk, like a simple folky song that I was really important to me. But like I said, I didn't care for it. And then the other one is uh, it's called Lost that I had written. Like all the chords are the same. All like the vocal parts are the same. Except I, it was this kind of just like jangly, like smoking popsy kind of thing, but not as good. And so I was like, I can't have this because it's just, it's going to sound like this, but not as good. So he came up with the idea for this like drum loop sort of part and, and kind of breaking it into two different sections of a song. And it's really cool. That's awesome. That's a yeah. fun idea. Like, because, <clears throat> you know, like that concept is, yeah, it's how you do a remix, but... You already have all these preconceptions with right. a remix, but to send somebody something that you did before they hear, you know, before they right. hear your version of it, I like that. That's really yeah. cool. And I basically, you know, and he knew the chords and he knew what was supposed to sort of be under the melody, but with that song "Pretty Teeth," I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of hearing instead of this strum, just focus on like the within every line of the verse, like focus on like the two and the three as being like downbeats. And then he came up with that vibraphone which you know on the two and the three and i was like that's so much better than if a guitar was doing it you know <laughs> it's like it's just more interesting and so we had we had a lot of fun messing with gear and messing with sounds so you were you like staying at the studio no we were staying at mike park's mom's house okay <laughs> nice which is where uh, asian man records is located in mike's mom's garage and and basement and so you eating a lot of skank and pickles a lot of skank and pickles. Nice. And um, yeah, me and Jeff, we each had a futon. My futon was way more comfortable than Jeff's. Good. Um, after like a few nights, I think we put like one of those big white U.S. post office mail crates. Like we had to put it under it because he had this big pit. <laughs> and I was like, trust me, I'm going to hook you up. And he was like, D it's just, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, you're not fine. We're freezing our <laughs> balls off. And you're like sleeping in this pit. And so I finally made him get up and I put this thing under there and he was like, oh yeah, that's better. I made it like he's almost a, flat. Really? <laughs> yeah, almost flat. Like being he's, in prison. He's a perfect guy to do though. I feel like he's like the punkest dude ever. Like you go to his apartment and you're like, do you have something to write on? And he'll just give you like an LP mailer. Yeah. Like everything's like. <laughs> yeah, no, he, yeah, we're like sort of like um, the odd couple, like Felix and Oscar in that regard. <laughs> Mike was calling us clean boy and messy boy. <laughs> Because it was, it was funny, like the two futons and our little areas around. I'm guessing you were the clean one. I was not the messy one. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny, though. But again, it's like I sort of envy like what he's got going on. Because I, I sort of need to be organizing and I need to be like, I, there's just too much for me. And if it gets overwhelming, like my inbox, you know what I mean? Like I like to keep my inbox down to like... 15 emails or less at all times and yeah. I move them somewhere another folder and I might forget about them but as long as they're not <laughs> stacking up in the inbox it's just like this relief I feel I have like 89,000 in my inbox yeah. and I, sometimes people will like see my phone and they'll be like free like not not because you get some emails but more like dude i couldn't look at no, that it gives and me it doesn't dude, i don't yeah. even look at it i just check my email i'm like all right whatever yeah. like it doesn't bug me at all I my don't wife's even phone is the same way it would give me hives yeah like if and it does sort of because i'm like 
you got to fix this. Yeah. What? You know, but she's like, what? It's all junk mail. I was like, then just throw it away. Exactly. Just throw it away. Please. I don't think I've ever erased Select an all. email. Oh, my God. I don't think I ever Erase have. them. I just oh buy God. extra storage space because I'm like, maybe someday I'll need to, I don't know, if I need to like contact a band, I just type in their name. I have. But that's not junk mail. But yeah, but I also get like a ton of like press releases and stuff I'm never going to read. Archive. At least archive. But what's the point of deleting it? Who cares? No, archive. You archive, archive it. it. It goes way out of your box. But you Whatever. can find it. You can. You can. I mean, I probably yeah. most of them I don't need. Probably almost none of them. I I'm, I've been really into just creating mailboxes. I'm creating mailboxes <laughs> and sub mailboxes yeah. for things that they could probably just go into all one thing. Do you like think- this is the emergency room folder, but instead there's like tour. You know, you're, you're polluting the matrix, dude. That's what well, you're doing. It, it's interesting because like you were sort of talking about um, like having anxiety when writing these songs. And I feel like I get a lot of anxiety also. And I do feel like organization and anxiety are so closely related. I mean, do you think that like by keeping staying organized with like your inbox and and kind of being just like a clean person and that stuff, do you think it helps your brain kind of like relax? I don't know. I think it's probably, honestly, it's probably just another distraction. I need, yeah. I need help, Jonah. <laughs> I don't, I really don't know because like, a, like I was saying like Jeff, he, you know, and I don't keep, I, I don't mean to keep throwing him out there as like this lunatic, but he's, he's crazed and his, yes, his, that's like, part of if, what makes him so yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and he's got all these ideas and I feel like. Maybe if he started clean, like, say, just metaphorically, if he's got a desk in front of him with a bunch of shit all over it, if he started putting all that stuff in its right place, maybe it wouldn't be the right place. Exactly. Maybe it would get forgotten or be the wrong place. And so with me, like, yeah, I don't know. When I was, like, last summer, and it it was sort of beyond anxiety. It was like I would walk into my office, like, at 10 in the morning or whatever. Like, I would take my daughter to school or to camp or something, and then I would come home and... I'd be like, all right, I got to work, got to write some stuff or got to finish this. I need to put a guitar in this thing I started working on. I would walk into my office and like almost have like a, like a full on panic attack. Cause I just, I knew whatever I was doing, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And I didn't know if it was any good. And I found myself coming back to this place that I was in when I was making the first record and just not having anyone to bounce ideas off of. So I kept writing and recording and then deleting and recording again and i was like i'm not i can't go back there but i'm but i'm going back there right you know i've always i've told myself i wasn't going to do this and here i am so i started to flip and it wasn't at that point it wasn't really about organization it was just about not knowing what what was happening with well you're life. probably so used to being like all right well trio is going to record this time it's going to come out then we'll do this, we'll do tour, this normal tour. cycle yeah. like we'll do europe whatever it's like seems like a very regimented kind of plan thing you're used to yeah. this seems so different and open-ended sort of yeah that's that's exactly it and just also knowing that i mean alkaline trio is not not stopping but we you know we can't just keep going on tour twice a year as we've been really lucky but uh, i mean it's too much it's too much touring yeah too many shows it's a lot people will stop coming yeah you know yeah and i don't want that you know we're we're stoked so we have to do something and and again it's just it's something different so i like i had to get these songs going but i just needed a little bit of help that you know mike was able to provide and 
you know, my wife is really supportive and <clears throat> just helping me, you know, being like, yeah, just go, just do it because you're making me nuts. Yeah. You know, that sort of support. <laughs> Where Do you live in Chicago or you live in California? I live in none of the above. Okay. St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah, I moved there about eight years ago. Okay. I always thought you'd have to drag me out of Chicago. Um, but once, uh, once our daughter was born, I sort of, that all changed. I was like, get me out of here. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, my wife is from, is from Florida and, uh, now her folks live about an hour or so south of us and they're super helpful. I'm sure. And just hands on and everything when I'm on tour. So that's good. Um, and she, you know, she moved up to Chicago to live with me for like seven years with the intention of staying there for a while, you know, maybe having a kid, which we did, and then raising her there for a little bit and then eventually getting down to Florida. But as soon as, yeah, as soon as she was born, I was, I was the one who was like, we got to go. Like we got out of our lease early. I was like, we got to go. Yeah. We, and we had this great apartment in Boys Town, like right on Halstead, like five or so blocks from Wrigley Field. It was awesome. And then I was just like, oh, my God, I can't. I can't do it. It's too much, too busy. It's going to be cold soon. And then what? She's little. She can't be cold. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's go to Florida. As long as we can live on the beach. Yeah. And we did. And St. Augustine's a great town. I yeah, think. I don't know if I've ever. Is been that there. west or east? It's east. It's about an hour south of Jacksonville. Okay. And it's uh, it's east. It's the oldest city in America. So it's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff like downtown, like old. Some of it's like touristy. Some of it's just really cool. But this year is like the 450th anniversary of the city. So everyone's like really excited. There's going to be a big festival in September, but. It's it's old by American standards, right? And then I live sort of on the on the beach side. That's just really chill, like yoga studios and crappy art galleries and you know, yeah, beach stuff. But no, like big condos. Not a real spring breaky place. Yeah, you know? that's cool. I like it. Yeah, Brad, you're like the only person I know who lives in Manhattan and has kids. Really? Pretty much. I knew a couple, and they've all moved to L.A. or moved to Jersey or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. Well, when my son, I've got two kids and, uh, my son was born is when I really thought like, I can't have a, I can't raise a boy in this city. I, yeah. I grew up in the country pretty much. Right. You know, and like, but I don't know, you know, I I think. So is it hard? I think, yeah, but you know, my wife made this really good point. She's like, you know, that, um, city kids are like one quarter as likely to use drugs and have problems with drugs as kids in the suburbs and the country. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Because yeah. they're not bored. Right, no. There's I don't know. I mean, I, I think we'll always have we'll always have places to go that are outside of the city so I can teach him the essentials of right. survival. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not it's certainly against it. I just though. I saw myself having a hard time with it. But I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, if, the if kids can grow so up massive. knowing how to like take the bus and you don't, you don't have to like, not that you want them to do that by themselves all the time, but just knowing how to do things like that, like take the subway or get on the train when they get a little older and it's not, there's this sort of independence, but it's also like, they're not walking around just like wide eyed at everything. Like, you know, 
susceptible to like as long as they get both i have too many friends that i know that grew up in the city who like some of them still don't drive some of them don't know how to swim right you know what i mean like i mean i don't think my kids will ever be like that but that was what really initially made me averse to it right and but yeah i don't know i could still see getting out I don't like... <laughs> I'm afraid that I would be the one that would go nuts, though, with my neighbor. Like, and the thing about New York is you have more privacy with somebody who's four feet on the other side of a wall than you do with somebody who's, like, a yard away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I had a house in the suburbs or the country, I think I would I would, be, I would have problems. Yeah. With, like, <laughs> yeah. like, with my neighbors, with the community talk. board, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. like, all the, you know, all the shit that you can kind of avoid in the city, like... Yeah, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> I don't like kids in the city because I always every time I see like a fourteen year old kid in the city, I'm like, this kid looks cooler than me. <laughs> like I sort of hate him. Damn it, kid. <laughs> kids suck. Yeah, teenagers. I mean, teenagers that's what I meant to say. So stupid. Yeah, I'm like sick of them making me hurt my self esteem by looking cool. <laughs> Um, that's okay Jonah you look like a 14 year old thanks seriously I feel like I dress like a 14 year old yeah you do um, so what what do you have going on after this after this tour what's you're just gonna go back to St. Augustine maybe get into arts and crafts or yeah bird houses <laughs> bird watching but then you have to do bird houses first so they come and then you can watch them oh nice um, do you do that no. <laughs> but I made the mistake of telling my wife a long time ago that I think I could get into bird watching and she fucking makes fun of me like crazy even still. She's like, "Oh, is this going to be like another hobby like bird watching that you do so much?" <laughs> I was like, "Hey." I had like just gotten a nice camera or something like I got I had gotten like a early like DSLR and I was like, "I need to like take pictures of cool stuff." And she's like, "Take pictures of your family." What do you that's like a, you know, it's a bird you can look it up on, on, the, yeah. on the internet it's, it's like crow <laughs> yeah. you know? do you have any goofy suburban hobbies or not no not really um i'm you know trying to learn how to surf uh but that's i guess that's not really a suburban hobby it's just like an active yeah, it's thing. A hobby it's good but it's not going so well i thought because i grew up like skateboarding it wouldn't be that hard and it's really really different yeah yeah I know. especially My wife- florida waves are like not conducive to learning i don't think unless you're like a little kid who weighs like 70 pounds because they don't have that that west coast swell like because yeah. the the water or whatever the way the land goes down in the west coast forces the waves to break and there's all this pressure as opposed to the east coast it's more like wind wind swells and storm swells and stuff so it's just all kind of washy like waves come but they don't have like a ton of forest to help you just like get up yeah no, what it's I've, true no it's you're right I've and it's true out. the whole east coast is like i don't surf but yeah my wife surfs and she's pretty good and i i suck yeah i'm terrible so skateboarding didn't help no. i sucked at skateboarding so i'm sure it'd be terrible yeah well i should i should preface that with i was a sucky skater <laughs> i was all right i just got real scared about it yeah as i got older yeah like i i never had that fearless fucking there's 10 stairs watch this boom like yeah. i was always like i would ride up to the stairs like so many times just stop at the last minute yeah. no, well, no. I tried and then eventually to, i would do it and be like i tried to drop in recently and i couldn't do it like psychologically i couldn't i was like i know i used to be able to do this i know i just need to put all my weight forward yeah but the idea of putting all Can't my weight forward and go, i was like i was like my brain was like nope and i was like i used to do this all the time and not be scared it's like uh-uh 
Yeah. It's You're more breakable yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm clumsy, unsure. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I feel you. I love it though. I miss it like crazy. Yeah. But too dangerous. It's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Stick with the surfing, you'll get it, man. Yeah. It's Paddle a good boarding. hobby. Does it hurt when you wipe out surfing? Not where I live. Yeah. But there's no reef or like rocks or anything. That's the other thing. Other places like yeah, reef. Oh, we have a sharks, which are gnarly. Yeah. But I've never seen one. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. It does so it doesn't hurt. I just try and fall as flat as possible. I mean it it can suck a little. Right. Like breathe in water or something if you really get tossed, but right. be all right. But yeah, I guess so after this Alkaline Trio is going to do a couple of festivals, Riot Fest in Chicago and Denver in September. And then I'm going to take this thing to the UK, I think. It's getting worked on maybe in November. Okay. But so that'll be fun. I really like the UK. And it'll be fun to go over there and do this. I did something by myself over there. Well, not by myself with Brendan Kelly. Um, and, uh, we both went over there playing like solo bits and we took the train all over England and Europe. That was super fun. So I want to do this like full band deal over there. I think it'll go all right. But the problem is like bringing a band to England is right. different. You know, Jeff has already told me he can't do it. So I've, I've reached out to some people over there and I'm just, I'm going to try and have like my US band and my UK band. Nice. Which will be weird. I actually saw the trio in the UK with Face to Face once a really long oh, yeah. time ago. I remember that. They played Disconnected twice. Oh my God. It was in London, but yeah, it must have been like, I was in college, must have been 10, 12 years ago or something. They really played it twice? Yes. I remember they played it twice because I couldn't believe it. That's a bum out. Yeah. Man. I think well, they played it really early on and then people kept yelling for it. Like that had just shown up or something? <laughs> yeah. Or just really wanted to hear it again well, or something. Aren't we punk rockers? Isn't that when you say, hey, motherfucker, you should have been here early. You missed it. Yeah. Beat it. Like, okay. I'm sorry. I love those guys, but you can't play the same song twice. I saw them play uh, three nights in a row here because they did the album shows. Right. And it's on, yeah, it's on Big Choice. And then they tried to sort of did the sketch. Or right. it's on the Don't Turn Away, then Big Choice. And then they did an encore after the album. But yeah. It was great. I can't. I couldn't get sick of it. Wow! If I was in the band, go. I'm sure I would. But yep. What do you do? Yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, that was a fun tour. Those guys, uh, they they uh, really helped us out when we were first getting like first touring a lot. They took us on a couple runs, and uh, so going to the UK with them was super fun. That was like quite a few years later. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. Cool. Yeah. Nice yeah. dudes. Really nice. I saw the Mamas and the Papas in Elgin, Illinois um, when I was, you know, like 17 or 18. And it was just something to do. They were playing um, outside this place called the Hemmings Auditorium. And, you know, some me and, like, I was in bands at that point, me and some of the dudes in my band or whatever. Like, we were all pretty into, like, the oldies or whatever. Like when I delivered pizzas, that's that was my jam. Was just like the oldie station. So I was like, yeah, California dreaming. Let's go see the mamas and papas and see what's what, you know. Right. And uh, they played. They ended with California dreaming, and they walked off stage, and then they came back and they were they did it again like twice in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just dying. Really? We were like, what are you doing? 
You guys want to hear it again? Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. So funny. So great. Yeah. It would be, I mean, it would be awesome to be one of those bands that just has like the one massive, massive hit that, you know, everybody goes to the show just waiting for that one song just to get out there, open with it and just play it like eight times and get off. <laughs> be like, okay, here's what, here's what you're here for. You're here for the car crash. You're here for the hit. Yeah. Let's just give it to him. <laughs> I wonder though, like if that'll ever, if that'll happen with like current like stars yeah like will pitbull be doing like the state fair circuit in like 15 years yes maybe he's extreme extreme case because he is like beyond rich so he won't really have to but you're talking about like and i don't know i feel like are there like yeah it's hard to know i guess it's hard yeah. to see it in the moment who's gonna end up the state fair circuit or Vegas. It's all about yeah. one or the other. MC Hammer. He's probably done it a bunch. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Certainly not current, but that was a huge hit. And I bet he played Hammer Time twice. <laughs> probably had to. It's probably in his contract. Hammer Time. <laughs> Dan, what a dude, huh? Seriously, one of my favorite people. Yeah. I always enjoy talking he's to him. Cool. When he's cool. He's definitely one of the 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 baldest guys I, I've ever seen, <laughs> for sure. He's probably like a top bald guy yeah. in the world of music. Totally. Yeah, him and Sting. Uh, Sting, Sting bald? bald? I don't know. I don't think so. I think so. I think he's close. He's getting He's there. fucking old. He's, he's Sting. But, but Dan's got a special cue baldness to him that I appreciate, even though I don't know him from afar. I say, that's how you do bald. Yeah. Mr. Clean. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like he waxes it. <laughs> you know? He's got a sheen. He's got a sheen. It's a, it suits his head shape. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was I did a tour poster for him and, G and Jeff. Did you? Yeah, that tour that they did together. And he was very positive. Yeah, oh, he's. A, I never had really like, and we hadn't met each other a bunch in passing, but never really sat down and talked. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you're super nice. Yeah, I sat down always, with him at the electric factory. I, I went to a show. Um, it was like it was literally, literally the day before the rehearsal dinner for my wedding. We were in Philadelphia, and uh, my 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 then girlfriend, soon to be wife, my ex girlfriend, hmm, um, well played, and uh, soon to be roommate she, wife. Yes, she is was, this the one who is on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? No, no, you? I'm the same. My my, the, my ex my uh, my wife is my ex girlfriend. If you want to be that specific, get it? See, oh, okay, he I get a, it. I get it. I, I get made it. a funny illegal illegal big uh, bucks everybody big legal joke. And like the and like in town were Gaslight Anthem, Rise Against, Alkaline Trio, and Against Me. And I don't know if it, I don't think Against Me was on that tour. That sounds like a good show. And, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys laughing at? I'm serious. <laughs> Fucking Rise Against Me. I I love Rise Against. I I I, 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 I that guy's beard. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy it, but I remember sitting backstage. <laughs> Uh, just talking to Dan, who was doing laundry because they have like a beautiful setup for and like the, and like you can tell Dan like responsible musician touring guy was like doing his laundry while other guys are just fucking around doing stuff <laughs> and he's like just I, where else am I going to fucking do it and it's free it's right here and I was it's like awesome. well, smart move electric factor it is a smart move delightful um yeah we played at Union Transfer in Philly oh yeah and they didn't have laundry but they had uh, a guitar tuner like built into the wall backstage. 
What? And I never, and you could just plug in. It was like sponsored by whatever that company is. But it was great. I never had seen that before. Yeah, that's Sometimes weird. Sometimes you see shit at clubs and you're like, why doesn't every club have this? It's because... It's the club world, man. It's the club world. They're, they're fucking stuck in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> um, what but, else? What else? I don't know. We're trailing off? We it? Is it? No, we're excited. <laughs> we're excited. We could do about is, five more minutes of this yeah. talking about Dan's bald is, head. Is anyone is anyone else listening? Zach from Rise Against also has a great head. Zach, yeah, oh, Zach does have yeah. a great head. Is is it bald? Yeah. It's very bald. Is it is it oh, Zach, Zach, Zach from, is it buffed? He was in it's pretty buff. Yeah, Zach also has has it. Okay, I'm leaving this fucking right. room. <laughs> Zach also has um, <laughs> I'm gonna say a band someday and you're gonna go, Yes, I love that Let's shit. Let's do it. That's what we're doing for the next three minutes. Go. Band that you like, yeah, that, that, that I like, one. that you're going to think is amazing? Band that you like or just a band? A band. Oops. Oh. Sorry. I love that. Phone. Whatever that was. All right. Chris, what do you think of... Yeah. Awesome. This is great. We could do this probably for an hour, Lad too. Wagon. That's your answer. Okay. Okay. Steven, your turn. Oh, for, for, to get a band that Chris likes? Yeah. That, just, that you like. That, that I that like? That you like. All right. I will go... Um, uh... <laughs> This is fun because because I'm scraping here. I'm scraping. Just anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go you big. Minor threat. You. Minor threat. They're important. Okay. I would never listen to it, but they're important. I spent some time at. I try to think 14. of bands. I try to think of bands that you would like, like uh, like what Doom Riders. Hate it. Ass suck. Yeah. Oh, Misery Index. Second favorite record of all time. Okay. Shat. Shat. Is that something somebody did on oh my on God. a Gaslight Anthem? No. <laughs> there you go. Um, listen to Shat. You'll like Shat. Spaz. Cunt-flavored lollipops. Listen to Shat. Spaz. Yeah, what Love about? Spaz. Chris Dodge, yeah. Max. I love those guys. Okay. But there's no point in listening to Spaz, but I love Spaz as a as a thought. Monster X. No. No? Awful. Racer X. I don't even know, other than being Speed Racer's uh, nemesis, right? Judd Judd. Are you kidding me? I was at the first Judd Judd show. Really? Yes. I was there. Judge Ed started as a joke. It was a joke because at that time, a lot of those like grindy kind of emo violence power violence guys uh, fetishized tough guy hardcore. You listen to Cro-Mags, but uh, did you really listen to Cro-Mags? You know what I mean? You listen to Hatebreed, but did you really listen to Hatebreed? And so Judge Ed started as a joke, just a reactionary joke to that earth crisis and stuff like that at the time. Right. And so... Earth crisis. Come on. Firestorm, dude, all the way. Um, <laughs> there's a reversal man song called Get the Kid with the Sideburns, which actually came from a time when everybody was at an Earth Crisis show in Tampa, and the wise-ass kids in Tampa started a, a fight, and, and Carl said, Get the Kid with the Sideburns, which was a singer of Reversal Man, Matt Copeland, BMX, pro BMX rider, Matt Copeland. Um, Monster X, Earth Crisis, Judge Ed. Judge Ed's great, though. And that kind of, it started as a joke. It was Steve Heritage from Massac and B, who is in End of the Century Party and is in a new band or has been in bands forever. He's also a got like a PhD in crazy weird like Heidegger philosophy or something like that and tours the world giving fucking speeches about something smart. Something you would go, you're also in hardcore bands? No shit. Okay, man. Last one. Okay. Discount. I love Discount. Yeah? yeah? I thought maybe you would. I don't love Discount, but I love Discount. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, a very... It's like if you go back on Discount, there's only like three good songs. But 
the notion of discount I always appreciated at that time playing shows and playing shows with that band. Yeah. And it's obviously interesting to see where Allison has gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a cool thing to see, you know, from her being just a scrappy, like, Aaron Comet clone to being this, like, fucking heroin chic, hair in her face, fucking rock and roll. It's, what's, what I think know. is interesting about her is that I don't know her very well, but... I feel like she hasn't really embraced the discount thing, whereas I feel like a lot of people, when they get successful in those, it's such like a credible, cool, kind of special thing. Yeah, it was a really... It's interesting to see her sort of distance herself from that. Super distance herself. Yeah. Insanely. Giant big steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is understandable because she has a persona now. Right. Her persona was... Used to be... I saw discounts early first shows in Florida, and Allison was in a hoodie with it pulled tight, scared... With the mic over her fucking face. You know what I mean? And it's amazing to see her kind of uh, transformed into something else. But I think the persona is probably, and this is speculation, is probably a, about her being able to be on stage and do a thing if she has a bit. You right, know I mean? right. You know what I mean? So, but even we, her like kind of fake comic bus art at the time was always really interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I, I, I loved seeing that stuff. Would I go back and listen to Discount now? <laughs> half no. fiction half fiction to me is a record that I is half to. fiction the which one is that one is it's that like the, the, the 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 jawbreaker jawbreaker jawbox guy produce one i don't know it's the one with like um what's on the cover it's like the kind of colorful like blue purpley oh face. that's the one produced by steve heritage from asic yeah he did it at morrison which is the death metal yes of course great death metal studio in tampa florida he probably did what he did with all bands he would bring them in after hours Record a whole entire record <laughs> from midnight to 6 a.m. You would record your record. You would get the use of a multi-track million-dollar studio, and you would pay him a couple hundred bucks. Amazing. I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have to bolt, gentlemen. All right. Sorry. Well, thank oh, you, everyone, nope. before we go. Thank you for listening. Um, donate a dollar if you like us, goingofftrack.com. Yes. Follow uh, us on Twitter. Yep. Leave us a nice review on iTunes for free. Yep. Read thank Jonah's you. stuff. Buy steak stuff. Read my stuff. JonahBear.com. Steak stuff. Check out Steven. I'm not doing anything. Check out Steven on Twitter. Yeah, you well, should do up. that because it's awesome. It's awesome. Yes. All right, we'll be back next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.